This is the Brave Leader Podcast, and I am your host, David McQueen, international speaker and executive coach. Join me each week as I share insights and interview a range of fabulous leaders on what inclusive leadership looks like for them. There are no silver bullets here, just honest and direct conversations on how leadership shows up, the good and the bad. My guest today is Sarah Jenkins. She is the Managing Director at Saatchi and Saatchi London and a trustee at the historic Royal Palaces. With a strong track record in marketing and advertising, I'm excited to jump into this conversation and welcoming Sarah, otherwise known as SJ, to this episode of The Brave Leader. A pleasure to have you here today, um, SJ. My first question I ask everybody is what did you have for breakfast? Oh my God, I do you know what I, I feel so, so dull. I had a, a very large mug of coffee and I had some porridge. Why is that dull? Well, it's just like I should be saying, well, I made myself an eggs Benedict with homemade <laughs> hollandaise sauce. And no, I mean, it was. Nope, as as it nope, nope. It's yeah. whatever you had. Some people yeah. don't have breakfast, so it's whatever you have for I breakfast. Know. How, who are those people? Oh. How does that work? <laughs> people who do intermittent fasting oh, and wow. don't start eating till 11. Or those people skin- who just go, <laughs> yeah, they just go, oh, I don't do breakfast. I just go straight into lunch. I'm like, okay. Those okay. skinny people. <laughs> <laughs> Not all, but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So as you know, this this whole podcast for me is around identifying brave leaders and individuals who will go out there and do things differently and be really inclusive about doing that. And um, before I kind of dive into your style of leadership, what I'd really love to know is how you got into your leadership journey. Could you take us on what that looks like? Oh, gosh, yeah, I definitely sort of fell into it because I felt like, geez, I'm MD of Saatchi and Saatchi. That is proper leadership. Um, But I definitely wasn't like, I need to be that MD one day I need to be. I was always just like, love my job, wanted to be able to impact greater within my job. So sort of naturally fell upwards, uh, which is quite serendipitous and a great place to be, isn't it? I think the one job I really did like put my hand up for and was insistent about was actually head of account management mm-hmm. at Grey Advertising. So that would have been that, gosh, almost 10 years ago, uh, eight years ago, perhaps. Um, and I just remember thinking, no, I can make a change. I can properly demonstrably create a shift in this department. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to jump up to head of account management. And I think, yeah, that was the one time I properly engineered or pushed my way to, to a new role. Love that. Love that. And and so given given the role that you do have now as MD, how how does that feel being that leader in that position? What is it that you've kind of like gone, bloody hell, I'm here, but how does it feel? Oh gosh, it feels yeah, it, it feels great and it it feels glorious and it's it's so exciting. I have a new CEO as well who joined in September, October 21. So yeah, I'm I'm madly energized. Um having this leadership role and it it, it brings it brings crazy responsibility too of course um even 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 uh today thinking i must on that note that's the agency because i need the whole agency to be thinking about this so yeah there's just there's a it's it's, it's glorious but obviously it brings its own pressures okay okay so a, a little disclaimer that i should make to people as well that my wife is your coach so let me just put yes. that out there and she has been excited about your journey and what you've been done for a while obviously she doesn't you know coach confidentiality she doesn't make um, share the details but every time there are breakthroughs I can hear her go she come off the phone from me she's like yes yes so I'm, I've been part of that little journey uh, in, in a silent way in the background seeing seeing the progress you've made as well so that's amazing and um, one question I'd love to ask is did as part of your journey either now or when you were making that move into account management as you said 
Were there any specific role models that you looked up to in terms of leadership going, right, that's the way I want to lead? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I have been blessed by extraordinary people. And we think people think advertising, think mad men and like it's no, it's just it's full of amazing, generous, kind people that properly lean into to the people around them and prop them up. So yeah, I've talked about this before. There are there are three people that properly helped helped accelerate and push me and help define my style, which is a lady called Sarah Benison, Sarah Benison, sorry, who's now CMO at Nationwide Building Society, but she was my head of department and she's she's the one who really properly took the time uh, to help me understand my value. And it was just part of a conversation around uh, my salary increase when I was a baby account director. And I was so happy I'd had an increase. And she was like, well, let's sit down and look at the, the, the figure. And is that the right figure? And let's think about the value you brought to this agency in the last year. So she properly helped me take that step back and reflect on my on my impact. I did it in a very brilliant um, and a very brilliant and gentle way, and made me do the sort of the heavy lifting intellectually to realise that actually I brought a huge amount of value, and perhaps I should be asking for more money. And therefore, I did ask for more money. So she was she's been great. The guy called Nils Leonard who runs Uncommon Studio. He's the founder, one of the best agencies literally on the planet now and with that comes ego and arrogance and all that good stuff but he's a genuinely kind generous man and truly believes in meritocracy bringing everyone on a journey anyone if you're talented needs to be looked after doesn't matter your title where you are in a pecking order and he does everything he can to make a room feel welcoming and allow brilliant people to be brilliant just properly proactively I remember one of the things he said, I'd just started at Grey and he was just like, SJ, you always say great things. I don't think I'd ever said a great thing in a meeting with him. You always say great things. What do you think? And just the way he really proactively put me into that discussion. Um, and Karen Blackett, the amazing Karen Blackett, who uh, sort of run, run, runs the world, it feels, at, at times, who's um, a UK country manager for WPP. She's just, just the importance of genuine impact at scale. And it's a great work in your work in your world and do what you need as a leader. But there's a whole there's a whole extraordinary platform that you are given as you move into leadership and you're able to impact at such an extraordinary level. Like I spoke to um, 75 head teachers two weeks ago, like mind blowing. How yeah. what, a, what an extraordinary way to spend an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that the <clears throat> being in that position of leadership now exposes you to new opportunities and new spaces where people will be looking for you for wisdom, for you for, for guidance around that. And I guess uh, my next question kind of like forms around what does that good leadership look like for you? So what were you sharing with the head teachers or what were they looking for in the conversation that they were having with you? Uh, yeah, the actual the, the narrative is actually about the importance of values and being clear what your values are. And using them as your North Star and using them as your rocket fuel and use them as your safety net, like in terms of the, the decisions I need to make, the priorities I have to make, the right thing for the business, uh, my values are, are, are what hold me true. So these are teachers that are having to think about targets and, and curriculum and so much practical that gets forced on them and to remind them that they are head teachers for a reason. And it's their values that will allow them to, to take that time and put their shoulders back and find a way of sort of navigating it all. So, mm. um, yeah, it was, it, and kindness. I talked specifically about kindness okay. and how that's such a, such an incredible weapon in industry. Double down on that if you can. Double down. Well, yeah, again, you know, you think, you think advertising, you think, you think mad men, actually, you know, be, being kind is an incredible gift. Mm. And having that generosity and giving people space 
and support um, and understanding actually something can be terrible and wrong, but there's a, they've, someone has worked on that project for three weeks. And if you're going to tell them it's bad, there's a way of doing that with, with um, supportive language and, and in a way that's like, well, let's build on it. It's not quite right for these reasons, but let's find a way that it does get you there. So um, yeah, we talked before about role models. So they're, they're, they're all three of them incredibly kind, kind people. Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, I'm going to go a bit deeper now and I'm going to ask you, what's one of the toughest decisions that you've had to make as a leader? Amazing. As Madeline will say, as, as, as David's wife will say, I'm like, when we go deeper, I get all like, like superficial and refuse to lean in. But um, I, I don't, I, I'm sure I can, I can handle this particular question. Like, gosh, the, the, on a macro level or a general level, the toughest decisions are when you're on your own. Mm. In, in truth, and I am so lucky that the crew that I work with, the leadership crew at, at, at such and such, new CEO, Chris, who's phenomenal, Richard Hunterton, CSO, Guillermo Vega, the CCO, like when we're making difficult decisions, when we're together, able to work it through, when we've got, I've got a sounding board, a collective sense of this is the right thing to do, go for it. Those, that, that's, that's the, they are the toughest decisions, but they are made so much easier, I think, when I'm, I'm surrounded by, by an amazing crew, crew or tribe like that. And I think the toughest decision I've had to make in recent times, and everyone in this call would have gone through so much crazy with the, the pandemic and lockdown, uh, we had to go through a restructure because of the changes to the business very quickly. Uh, we were in obviously deep lockdown at the time. We have a generally very young crew at the agency, just by, by definition, the average age is probably about 27, 28, and you, you're having to go through restructure conversations with people, with the with the with the correct with the craziness of lockdown, pandemic, and you're having to talk to people on an MS Teams call on a grid to announce that there might be some some jobs that will, will that will go, and then at the end knowing that you're going to literally click leave meeting now, and you're going to leave a 24 year old just like blinking into the abyss. So that's they were the by far I think mm. the toughest decisions I've had to make, and I was like three months into the role as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was uh, terrible. But again, surrounded by incredible support. Mm. I love I love the fact that you you um, expound on having that support system because very often, um, and I know in my work, a lot of people see leadership as this lonely place where you have to make these singular decisions and woe is me. And and I'm like, I'm sure there are people around you who can provide that support while you are making them. So it's it's good to hear that you have. Um, that kind of system or, or, or sounding board or support system around you. Um, so talking about that support system or what I call that leadership bench, as it were, um, what does succession look like for you within the organisation, whether it's individuals who aspire to be senior leaders or, or whatever? What does that succession look like for you? Um, I think... It's, it's it's critical it is critical to have a to have a plan and you need to have a system in place and be clear who is who's coming up that you can see that is able to step in to any of those any of those senior roles I mean what a joy to be thinking and spending a bit of time in in the month thinking about who your top talent is and what we can do to keep them energized and support them and sometimes it's not promotion sometimes it's a crazy lateral move that makes them wow this is completely different to anything I've ever thought about. This is six months of being trained up on something in the T-shaped role. So um, it's succession is about planning. It's about rigor. It's about instinct. 
And it's about the joy of properly being able to power up these amazing people. We're super lucky in advertising because we're not these giant 10,000 strong employee base. We're like 250 people. So there really is no excuse not to be able to identify how we plan for both internal succession and who are the external candidates. Mm. Definitely a few people I've got my eye on. Okay, okay. And uh, how explicit are people about that kind of succession under your watch or under that leadership? How, how, how clear is it that there are those opportunities? Yeah, we've got, as I said, Chris Kay's arrived and he is, uh, I talk about who I've learned from in terms of my role model, Chris Kay, definitely a, 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 a role model already. He's so transparent and authentic with his, with his style. So he's, he's very open about where he sees the next sort of leadership level coming from. Um, and we've also moved to a, a new organisational structure, which we call our squad system, um, which allows us to create almost like mini agencies within the agency. So that immediately and formally allows four people, a business lead, a production lead, a creative lead and a strategy lead to be running big pieces, multiple pieces of business with a crew around them that allows them to manage the, the work, the clients, the PL. So you've almost got like a layer, you've got a bench ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Is it? Is it? I'm just exploring it because I'm I, I, advertising always fascinates me. I think you're it, on the one hand incredibly brilliant, and on the other hand, I think you're all brilliantly crazy as well. So, is it kind of like a? Is it like a, a almost like a matrix or an interconnected matrix between these different business units? Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 not a hard wall between them. There still has there's a huge amount of support and um and, and a way of resourcing so that we don't end up with just four very tiny agencies. Mm. Um and so yeah, there is a matrix across the, across those sixteen lead roles, and also there are other people who are doing brilliant things. Our, our head of growth is exceptional, for example. Doesn't yeah. sit in the squad model. So here's the one where it gets even again. This is where you're going to have to lean into this bit. So okay. I I would ask you two questions. Okay. So the first one is for those of you who are under your leadership, whether by title or influence, what would they say that you do well? That's first. And then secondly, what would they say that you can improve on? Okay. Well, the list is long on improvement. Um, <laughs> We're starting with well. Right. We'll start with well. So, I mean, energy, bring energy and ambition and, and progress, I think, to any, any sort of project or, or commitment. There's an honesty, which I think is important. We talked about kindness. They're all things that I probably bring to any any project or any um, anything we're doing within the agency. And then... Well, I don't, I mean, focus and I, 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 to, I allow myself to be stretched too thin. Um, so I can skirt, I can, I can skim over things that need, that need depth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad you didn't give me the long list because I would have curtailed it anyway. All right. But, um, but okay. But being aware of that and how, I guess, how important do you think it is to have that sense of self-awareness? Oh, critical, like next level critical. Mm-hmm. We can't, you can see it. You, I see it now and we're going through, um, our sort of end of year appraisals and some serious talent and you're like your lack of awareness is the thing that will stop you getting to the next level because you know when they write their self-assessment and you're like whoa have you missed these seven critical things that are stopping holding you back but yeah so our job as leaders obviously to help unpack that in a way that sort of can power them up rather than squash them but there's definitely difficult conversations that we have to have isn't there pray you know I talk about kindness and honesty that's not about tea and crumpets Yes. Honesty and kindness is about to having the tough conversations 100%. Talk to me a bit more about how you get people to get to that point of self-awareness. What does that look like 
um, not just from you, but how has it cascaded through all the leadership so that you can start to have those conversations? I think what it's about, I guess it's just, it's about regular conversations, isn't it? It's like that wasn't good in the moment, not waiting three months to a formal appraisal to pick it up. And conversely saying that was great. We need to see more of that. And and that's something that you should be leveraging because you've got great instincts when you've got great empathy or whatever it is that that person sometimes isn't delivering on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all be guilty as leaders of letting great talent just keep being great at the thing that they're great at and ignoring that blind spot or so allowing a blind spot or or, uh, or or crazy to exist. And then they hit this point, you're going, oh, shit, we should have dealt with that crazy three years ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's it's quite interesting that you mentioned that because a, a lot of the conversations that I've been having at the moment, well, I'm having two conversations, and I'll come back to the second one in a minute, um, is just around how uh, leaders like yourself implement things like um, personal development. So there's two, there's two things I have in my head. There's one, there's a career development that's owned by the person. And there's a personal development piece that's owned by the organization where you check in different from one-to-ones, but you're looking at that person and the progression that they're making and, and what have you. And, and I'm quite curious to understand, again, as you said, you have those regular rather than long-term check-ins. How does that how does that look within the organization? Is there a is there a guide or is there a are people allowed to go on their own remit? Or do you say specifically, listen, you need to at least check in in the moment or at least within three months just to see where people are at? Yeah, I mean, we are not perfect at these regular conversations. That's definitely more a um an intent than perhaps happens in practice. I'm so happy we're back in the building. Mm. So I think that actually that that, that helps with the more regular check-ins. Yes. But in terms of career progress and personal progress, I see them as the same. I wouldn't I I I always have completely interlinked the two. I don't see them as 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 separate. Okay. Okay. Right, so let me explain why then. I love this a little bit of challenge. I, I I always see the career development piece as something that's not limited to the organization. So an individual may want to go and be, for example, they may want to be an MD of, I'm just going to throw a name out here, Ogilvy, right? I, I don't bloody know. but You wouldn't want to do that, but yeah. Right, right. So that would be the person's career development, but the personal piece is around, the personal development piece is, sorry, the performance development piece that you have in the organization is around going, right, these are the goals that I need you to do as part of the business unit. I need you to make sure that you're more self-aware. I need you to make sure that you're doing well, but being able to take robust feedback as well. I see those as separate because that performance piece is directly related to the outcomes you have for that individual, whereas the career for me is a lot more broader and is in the hands of the person who actually set it up. So I'm curious how you combine them. Yeah, but I still think, I mean, I mean, genuinely, we only ever borrow great talent. And it's, a again, advertising, perhaps you get great people, certainly a more younger group, perhaps for two or three years max. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people are naturally going to move on. So if by having really honest conversations, you might get to borrow that great talent for an extra year. Yeah. Or you might be able to go, there is nothing wrong with spending the first 10 years at an agency. Let's do it. And let's keep keeping you T-shaped and allowing you to grow. I think... Yeah, I try. I'm always going to be really honest, and I hope when people talk to me, certainly when people resign, it's a well. I get it because there's an amazing opportunity out there, and hopefully, the conversations we've been having have powered you up and helped you take that next step. Um, yeah, it's the it's the nature of our business that every two to three years, great talent probably will move on. Okay, and if you can keep them for an extra year or an extra five years, that's amazing and well done. But um, 
it's not about yeah it's which why i can see them as being intertwined and it's our job to give them someone so much opportunity yeah. they wouldn't dream of taking the call from ogilvy to go and be an md there because i like <laughs> i want to be a leader of a squad this looks really yeah. exciting that's fine i'm happy i want to run a pitch whatever it is yeah I'll I'll take all the blame for throwing out another company's name in there. By the way, just in case, just in case somebody comes back for you. Um, so one of the things that really drives me around this whole conversation on brave leadership is just how inclusive we are around the way that you hire talent, around yeah. the way that you serve your customers, your supply chain, dealing with your stakeholders, even the way that you communicate externally. And obviously, there have been lots of issues that have happened externally, be it around climate, be it around race and ethnicity, being around gender. There's so many things that impact an organization. And I'm quite curious as to how you keep a steady head and also have a um, your leadership bench to make decisions as inclusive as possible. And and if it doesn't happen, what what, what are the kinds of approaches that you use to make sure that it is more inclusive? Um. Uh, I think there's a couple of really sharp levers to keep inclusivity high on the agenda. One is go getting public on our int- on your intent as a leader, because once you set it in public, once you set it to your clients, it just keeps it high on the to do list. Because that's one of the biggest problems I think. It's just keeping having the bandwidth to lead into inclusivity um, and keeping it high on the high on a leadership agenda. So getting public with intent and commitment and telling clients what we're going to do differently. It's like, oh, that is something I need to keep thinking about. Um, and data, because once you've got the data, you can see the, the challenges, problems and opportunities in front of you. And, and it forces you to keep tracking it, keep understanding where, where the change has to come from. So I think those, those two things help, help create the change. Um, I don't think there's anything brave about leaning into inclusivity. It's a competitive edge. Okay. We are, we all know, diverse companies and organizations are better we all know creativity needs different perspectives so like intellectually of course we want to be more diverse Um, and the great thing is our clients are looking for more diverse organizations so how wonderful that we can that we know by doubling down on it we're going to get on more pitch lists our clients will be prouder of us and of course the work's going to get better so it's not that it's um it's easy it's not that it's easy you know, navigating it all because these are complex systemic challenges that we're operating on um just last week we've got an amazing head of department and she said i've just got these two hires can we green light and i was like was it a diverse list and she's like well we were moving quite quickly and i'm like well we can't you've got to at least be talking to lots of different people yeah. um even if these are the right people for the role so yeah it's being a bit um it's definitely being quite brutal with very busy heads of department if they haven't found a way to lean into diversity and inclusivity. Mm. We're learning loads as well. It's learning, learning and sharing. I think um, as an industry, making sure that we're sharing with each other so we're not all repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite curious as to the point that you made around it. Um, that it will. It would be brave almost by default. But then a lot of people are absolutely terrified of making those decisions because they are they will they will and again this is this is not just in advertising this is across the board where individuals will speak about innovation and creativity yet still do it with a homogenous group or the same kind of people rather than spreading out so yeah. whilst it seems really obvious to you about it being brave I'm I'm quite curious as to what your thoughts are for those who resist that or who will not necessarily take those steps because they may be afraid of saying the wrong things or the consequences of doing that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's obviously easier for me as a black woman to feel comfortable in this space and to be talking. Um, 
and I've learned loads in the last four or five years as I've learned more into it and tried to create more change within the organizations that I'm in. I think um, it's, it's, it's okay to, to, to feel nervous around it, of course, to suggest you do something new and you're learning. And there are so many opportunities to learn. So anyone who's like, this feels super alien and I'm going to get it wrong, have conversations, have a, get yourself a coach. There are some incredible, there's a book called Belonging, Belonging, I think it's called Belonging, and it's by Catherine Jacob and Sue Uniman. It's amazing. One of the best books. I feel like I should go and find it so I can make sure I get the name right. But yeah, um, uh, read. there's some amazing books out there. You read that book in a couple of weeks and you're already going to be super, super informed and able to make better decisions. Um, invest in somebody who truly understands DNI. Um, and it's that's not about in any way can you outsource your D- approach to DNI because that's that's not leading into the to the challenge or owning it. Um, but yeah, anyone will, is surrounded by knowledge, experts, really accessible information to, to to be able to accelerate understanding of DNI. And regardless of industry, it's a competitive advantage. So double down. Love that, love that. And I'll definitely go and find that book and put it in the show notes. Well, I, I might Google. It. I think it is called Belonging. I think I know the book you're talking about. Yeah, Belonging, Catherine Jacob, and it's just smart, really practical, really, yeah, yeah, belonging, the key to transforming and maintaining diversity. Um, Exceptional. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I said, I will will put that in my notes and recommend that. Um, So two questions. One of them be slightly, um, uh, actually, I'm just going to ask my questions and we're going to set them up. You just ask them. So um, is your leadership style shaped by the company you work for currently or is it something else? Uh, my, My leadership style is shaped by Everyone I've ever worked with met shape is definitely shaped by my parents. Okay. Totally shaped. It's their their attitude to to work. They are unbelievably kind people and generous people. Like, you know, we all obsess about uh origin, origin movies for for uh, superheroes, don't we? It's because our origins do shape us and and create us. Um whether that's good or bad experiences. So yeah, my parents, my family, my friends, I played netball, I played sport for quite well for about 20 years. So that massively shapes you as a leader if you played, I think, a team sport. So um, yeah, all of the above and some very special people as well. Fabulous. So my last one is about the kind of legacy that you think you are leaving as a leader. Um, I'm going to make a short progress. I'm not. I'm not rushing you to the end of days, right? This is something that's a continuum. So I'm quite curious as to what you believe. But right about now, what your legacy around leadership is? Um, I think based on the legacy I left at my previous agencies, and perhaps what we're building currently at Saatchi, is that you can create literally some of the best work on the planet mm. by bringing in more kindness and generosity and humanity to the workplace and properly strategically doubling down on ensuring diverse talent gets to power up. Love that. I'll tell you something for nothing. But the individuals I know who know you, they say the one thing is that you're firm, but you're kind. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, kindness isn't yeah. tearing from pits all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it is kind, being kind is being really firm with people. Yeah, just 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 in case you've never heard it before, I'm just letting you know, right? Thank you. Very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, that's been brilliant, SJ. Thank you so much. Um, I, again, as I said, it's a real uh, uh, it's it's fascinating for me to be able to hear from different industries 
from different experiences and being able to share that with my audience. As I said, I will make sure that we get a copy uh, or a link for the book belonging in the show notes. Amazing. And I really appreciate you spending the time with me today. Thank you. No, abs- absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Brave Leader podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with friends, families, and foes. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, and please feel free to rate it and leave a comment. Until next time, stay brave.